that we have. Back in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 this evening, I won't keep you very long. I want to finish my sermon from this morning. Uh, several people come out, and I guess they had read the, the bulletin, and they said, you didn't preach all of that sermon. And they said, you left out my favorite verse, but God told me to stop. So I had to stop this morning, and uh, the Lord worked in a mighty way this morning, and I praise Him for that. I'm thankful for the conviction in the place. I'm thankful that God is working in the way He is. God knows what He's doing. He knew I wouldn't preach all of it, and He knew I was going to come back tonight, and he, He's got it all worked out, and all we got to do is trust Him. Uh, but I did uh, preach a sermon this morning entitled, What Time Is It? And I simply want to finish that sermon. Uh, and I, I preached the first two points, and I want to preach the last point, and it's my favorite point. Ecclesiastes 3, uh, Solomon said this under the inspiration of God. One of the wisest men to ever walk upon the face of the earth through the inspiration of God said this, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. What time is it? We talked about this morning, it's the end of time, it's the accepted time. What time is it? We always are concerned about what time is it. My kids are always, Daddy, what time is it? Is it time to do this? Is it time to do that? And I believe as Christians, we need to get concerned and be aware of what time it is, biblically speaking, scripturally speaking, spiritually speaking. And number one, it is the end of time. And we discussed that this morning. Number two, it's the accepted time. But number three tonight, it's time to stand. And this morning, I guess, was geared more towards uh, the lost. But tonight is geared more towards the saved. And I believe as God's people, if you ask us what time it is spiritually, it is time for us to stand. It is time for us to stand. I want you to look in the book of Esther chapter 4. Book of Esther chapter 4. And if you know the book of Esther, I love this book. What a beautiful book. Uh, but they're in the Persian kingdom. The Persian kingdom has taken over. Uh, and the Lord has placed uh, this woman, Esther, in the kingdom and, and, and in the king's house. And uh, the Jews were being persecuted. And if you remember, her uncle uh, Mordecai was a, a God's man. Uh, and used by God in a mighty way. But in this kingdom, uh, there was a man by the name of Haman that hated the Jews and hated God. And Haman had convinced the king to basically pass this law to slaughter all the Jews, to kill the Jewish people. And so uh, he did. And I don't know how he convinced it all of it, but he did. And that's what, that's what happened. He passed this law, and basically the slaughter of the Jews was fixing to take place. And Mordecai went to Esther. This is the queen. Uh, this is the king's wife, okay? Uh, and understand that the king's wife didn't have any authority. The king's wife wasn't even allowed into the, uh, into the throne, if you will, of the king. And the only time the queen could go was when uh, she was asked by the king. And for her to do anything else, she could lose her life. 
uh, I, I mean, it's a dangerous thing to approach her own husband without being invited into his presence. That's, that's how big of a thing it was in that day. And so the queen was not allowed into this presence. And Mordecai went to her and said, listen. We need you to go to her or go to him. And we need you to talk to him. And we need you to use the power and the place that God gave you and use that so that you can help. God can save the Jews through you. Because I don't want to see our race and our seed wiped out. I don't want to see that. And I want you to notice what it said in verse 13. It said, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I want you to think about the end of that question when he brings out this question Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? You don't know the mind of God. I don't know the mind of God. But I do know that I live in 2017. And I have three kids. And I'm here at Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. And I'm here in Hamburg, Arkansas. And this is the plan of God. It is believed that this earth has been going on for 6,000 years, not 6 billion years, by the way. And from Adam uh, to Abraham was 2,000 years. And from Abraham to Christ was about 2,000 years. And now from Christ to us is about 2,000 years. And there's 6,000 years that are upon the face of the earth. And God could have chose to put me in any generation that He wanted to. He could have put me in the times of Abraham. He could put me in the days of Noah. He could have put me in the early 1900s or in the 1400s. But He chose for me to be born in this world in 1984 and live in the day and time in which I live. I don't know the mind of God. I don't understand the mind of God. But I do know this, that God has placed me here at this time in which I live. And I do understand that the day in which I live is different than any other day because I believe this is the day that the Scripture is being fulfilled that Jesus is going to come again. I could have lived in any other generation, but God chose to put me in the generation that I believe is right before His coming. I hope I get to experience the second coming of Jesus Christ. I don't understand why I live in this day, but God put me in this day, and God knows why He put me in this day. God's got it all figured out because He has given me a place. And it's not my... my it's not my job to question. It's not my job to say why. But God has put me in the place where He's wanted me. Here I, here I am, Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church, serving the Lord. God knows what He's doing. He's in control. His mind is beyond your mind and my mind. He knows what He's doing. He knew what He was doing when He brought that little girl into the kingdom. He knew what He was doing when He brought Esther to the king and made her a queen. She had no idea that one day that she could use her position and her place to help get the Jews out. You don't know why God puts you where He puts you, but I promise there's a purpose in it. 
And I know that the only thing that we can do as God's people is let God use us now and where we are. And I've heard it and I've said it. Oh, if I can just get my life to this point. If I can just get here and get there, then I'll start serving God. You serve God right now where you are because there is a purpose where you are right now. And it may not be where you want to be, but I'll promise you, if you're there by the will of God, God has got a purpose. God has got a purpose. I believe it is imperative that Christians understand that God has a purpose for you. God has a place for you. Let me tell you something. Whether you're a coach, whether you work at the mill, wherever you work, whatever you do, God can use you where you are. God can use you where He places you. And I love to look in the kingdom. And I love to look at the president and all these different levels. And the Bible said that God places them there. Infinite mind. He knows what He's doing. And what's amazing to me is how He puts Christians in places. And I think about Tim Tebow. Persecuted. Beyond measure. And He keeps on. He just keeps on. And God's blessing Him. Not only was He a Major League football player, now He's a Major League Baseball player. Unbelievable. God is using Him in a mighty way. And He's learned to, to take the things that God gave Him and use it for His honor and His glory. God has put you where you are and He wants to use you where you are. And whether you're a janitor, whether you're a teacher, no matter what you are, understand if you're saved and born again, you can do something for Jesus. And so many people say, well, I'm not the preacher, I'm not a teacher. You don't have to be to be used by God. All you got to be is born again. <laughs> All you got to be is blood washed. All you got to be is redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. If God has done something in you, then let God do something through you. God has blessed us. And God has put us in places and positions for a purpose. What is that? To preach His Word. To get the Gospel of Jesus Christ out. To get it out. As I said this morning, I believe it's the end of time. What does that mean for where we are in our day? That means there must be urgency to our message. There must be a sense of urgency in our evangelism. Understand today that as Christians we have a duty and a job to go out and serve the Lord. To go out and preach the Gospel. To go tell people that Jesus saves. Are you using your place for the purpose that God gave it to you for? God put you there for a purpose. Are you using it for that purpose? He didn't put you there just for you and for your glory. He put you there to bring Him honor and glory. Not you. He puts us there in these positions so that He can be seen. And so that He can be magnified. Understand that this queen and where she was, this had nothing to do with the queen. It had everything to do with God. And what God was fixing to do through the queen. Do you understand that God can use us in a mighty way, in our position, for that certain purpose. Oh, people need to see Jesus. I wonder today, what have you done for Jesus lately? I'm not talking about when you come to church last. I'm talking about what have you done for Jesus lately?
When's the last time you told somebody about the Lord? When's the last time that you made a stand for God's Word? When's the last time that you stood when nobody else would stand? As Christians, we can't keep caving in. We can't keep giving in to the pressures of the world. May I tell you, if it's the end of time and it's the accepted time, then as God's people, it's time to stand. And if there was ever a day and there was ever a generation that needed to stand up, it's this generation right now. And I see, and I look out, and I see this older generation here. And bless God in promised land, we got a younger generation. But I'm telling you, most churches don't have what we have. And we're losing a generation. And if we don't do something about right now, we're going to lose a generation. And my kids' generation is going to be gone and turned from God. And they're not going to know about the Lord. It's time right now to take a stand. It's time right now to reach out. 500 invitations we handed out two weeks ago. You would not believe how many people right here in Hamburg didn't have the, a clue about the Gospel. Me and Brother Trey had the privilege of sharing at career day at the school. Three or four hundred kids, we got to tell them what preachers did for a living. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I preach the Gospel. Brother Trey, a lot of them ain't never heard it before. They sat there in shock and in awe, but they heard it. And they heard it, and that seed was planted for such a time as this. You don't know why you're here. We don't know. We don't know. But we do know this. God has called us to serve Him. God has called us to preach about Him. And tell everybody we come in contact with that He's the King. And He's Lord of all. Hey, what time is it? It's the end of time. What time is it? It's the accepted time. What time is it, child of God? It's time to stand. It's time to stand. It's time to stand up for your belief in Jesus. It's time to stand for your convictions and morals. It's time to stand for the Word of God. Oh, as Christians, we've been giving in too much. It's time to stand. She knew if she went into that, into that room, into that throne room, that she might lose her life. Notice what he said, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. God's going to get it done. With you or without you. He's going to get it done because He's God. And He's powerful. But He wants to use you. He wants to use you. And I want to close with this. I've used this before. Jonah was at the bottom of that boat. And those mariners were calling on deities that didn't even exist. And they finally called him up and he explained everything to whose God was causing this. And all he had to do was get right. These men were lost. He said, just throw me overboard. He jumped off the ship. He was ready to commit suicide. You know what the Bible said when he jumped off? That God saved those mariners. But I thought about that. God was wanting to use Jonah. Jonah wouldn't wake up long enough to go to the top of the ship and preach to the people. He wouldn't get out of his own problems and go worry about the lost souls that was on top. God saved him anyway. But he wanted to use Jonah. And you know what? 
when he got to see the Lord and he got to that judgment time between him and God? I believe, Brother Carr, he had an answer. And, and I believe he had an answer that he did not witness and tell those people about Jesus. God said, I saved them anyway. <laughs> but I was sure wanting to use you. Man, when I get to glory land, I want all the crowns and jewels and everything God can give. I want Him to give it to me. Because I want to give it back to Jesus. I don't want to get up there. And He said, Josh, I was wanting to use you. But you wouldn't let me. Child of God, are you letting God use you where you are? We need to stand for what's right and what's wrong. We need to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. For such,